Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tofugu Podcast. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about learning Japanese in a classroom. I bet you're learning Japanese in a classroom, and if you're not, I bet you want to listen to us talk about it because that's what's going to happen. Some of the things we covered today are how tests teach you to game the system and not actually learn anything, why you shouldn't waste time on handwriting until later, maybe, and how Japanese teaching style affects kanji learning in America. Hashtag repetition. I'm Michael, and with me today are Koichi, that's me. Kristen, that's me. And Kanae, that's me. And we're gonna get started right now. So, so how many of you guys have taken Japanese language classes? Me. Kristen? Not me. Really? No. Oh, man. I've been to a like, language study group. Did you not have class in, in growing up time? <laughs> no. I, I just learned uh, when I was in Japan. Through cool. osmosis. Nice. Yeah. Through, like a, like an amoeba yeah. or something. Just, Is that what amoebas do? Uh, osmos? Sure. Yeah. Um, you just uh, <laughs> drank it up yeah. through a straw. S- sucked it in through your membranes. Cool. And there was Japanese in there. I took a little bit of Japanese classes, too. I took a lot of Japanese yeah. classes. Yeah. For five years, I guess. Yeah, same. And then, like, I guess three years of fake independent study, where I, <laughs> where I wrote Tofugu. <laughs> where Tofugu was born. Yeah. That was That's me. for another podcast. Getting out of having to go to class. How about you give me some credit for writing a blog about Japan? And, and somehow they, they said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now great. we're all here. And now we're all here. Yeah. We created jobs. To yeah. be fair, so. I also did an independent study so I could do what I wanted to do. Yeah. I did a lot of independent studies. Did you? I only had the one. And then I did weird TAing. Like I, I helped teach stage combat. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, I was good right. at that. <laughs> we need to make a video. Stage combating. Uh, I memo guess to self. We could memo Every, to everyone viewers. request that they never do that, please? Mm-hmm. I I live you in know this office. You know that's going to get the opposite effect <laughs> by saying that. Anyways, we're we're talking about uh, our shared Japanese language class experiences, as well as uh, Kanai's English language learning experience in Japanese classrooms, because a lot of that style comes over from Japan and comes to America because. Most of the Japanese language teachers, they're, you know, they're transplants from Japan. They're, they're Japanese people who moved to America who end up teaching Japanese for one reason or another. And so a lot of the ways that they learned or, or that the ways or the ways that have been taught in Japan, they bring it over to America. And so we get affected by that a lot of times. And so we're going to compare a little bit of that as well. Um, Kanai, how, how much English class did you take? So much. So much, <laughs> so much. How, how much? How would you would you say too much? Mm, like your I English, I would say it's too good. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? That's so rude. Yeah, I'm laughing at you. Fun of me. No, because no. he said, We're he said too much, him. and then he said too good. It's a play on words, right? Barely, no. but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think it was a play on words, and and some of the puns I say are pretty bad. We're in a giggle mood, all right? Yeah. So okay. just, yeah, we yeah. you know it is, we, we were it all is visited by the giggler and 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 here we are. Um, were you were you part of the group Kanai that had to start learning English in elementary school, or were you part of the group that started in middle school or junior high school? Oh, junior high. Okay, so mm-hmm. you you escaped the 
you escaped the new the new law or whatever that made mm. all the elementary school kids start learning mm-hmm. English. Abe's new regime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to be fair, it's much better to learn from elementary school, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Abe's good idea of a regime. Yeah. <laughs> Abe, when you're on this podcast, we're gonna grill you about that one. Yeah. Um. And if you are listening to this podcast, we really, really would like you to be on this podcast, please. Yeah. If any of you know Abe as your uncle, please tell him mm-hmm. be here. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like the poor person who does his reconnaissance work and you're stuck listening to our podcast. Hello, you found it. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. We're talking about him. You've solved the riddle given by the, the jitter. <laughs> <laughs> be a joke riddle. So... <laughs> For those for those playing along at home, the Jiddler is a mix between the Joker and the the Riddler. Well, now all the magic's gone. <laughs> you have to cut it? that. Cut now, that out. Now somebody don't let has, anyone know. Well, now 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 they can't solve the Jiddle for themselves. You know, and that's and that's. It's like I spoiled the movie. Yeah. Or I jiddled the movie. Listeners, as some people please would please say. tell them that that sounds like a weird racial thing what? for what? some reason. That's not at all what I thought. I thought that's it, what we said. It. Mm. I thought it sounded more like. They're turning uh, against a pervert me. thing. Oh, okay. Gonna jittle you on the train. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's the the special sections on the train in Japan where where the jittler <laughs> jittler can't go in. No jittles. <laughs> no jittles here. It's the ladies only train, and jittlers are sent to the other parts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about. Japanese language class. I, I started in uh, high school um, where I took a couple of years and then I studied in Japan for a year and then came back and like kind of just sat around in Japanese class and didn't really do anything for another year. And then uh, in college, I took uh, two years of like the 400 level for business and for um, like learning Kego, which was so hard um and uh, and then i did independent study where i just basically wrote a blog post every week for tofugu <laughs> and uh got half a class worth of credit for it and boy was that an easy class um and yeah i uh kristen you did college mm-hmm. or university rather yeah so i went to college and i did 100 200 went to Japan to study over a summer and did like an intermediate, it was supposed to be 300 level. And then I came back and did 300 and 400 at the same time. And 400 was more of like a JLPT prep course, um, back before they, uh, redid the JLPTs. So it was an N2 class before there was N the new N3. Mm. So it was like very advanced. And then I did an independent study where I did translations. Sounds more useful than mine. (laughs) um and then michael you're doing uh language study groups you said there's a teacher yeah there's a teacher here in oregon who's a japanese teacher she taught high school and i think also college and she does a jlpt benkyokai um for people taking the jlpt but you don't have to be taking the jlpt you can just come on down and study so i take that every year and She's, it's always helpful to have her there to ask questions to when I'm like, oh, what does this mean? And what how, do I do here? How many Japanese language classes have you taken, Kanai? Like so <laughs> many, I think. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many. From mm-hmm. the elementary school, I think. 
Post grade. Yeah, you're probably taking like kokugo and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Kokugo, kendaibun, which is modern Japanese, mm-hmm. and kobun. Oh, yeah. Which is like classical. I had, I had to take kobun in high school. No, in really? high school mm-hmm. in 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 Japan. See, I didn't. Must in my be. independent I sat study, in I had to learn and, it. And doodled pictures. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you learned about big and small too, and why now it's great that they show it as small. Mm, I don't think I learned that. But what? That's <laughs> a part of cake or uh, kobun. I didn't know. I didn't pay attention. Uh, <laughs> but you had some cool pictures. I when I took the tests, I. I was allowed to use a dictionary because I was, you know, what an exchange student. And, Is go, it like and a so I'd, I'd, I'd hide answers inside my dictionary. Wow. <laughs> Pro cheat. tip, everyone. You, you too can be a, a, a Japanese teacher <laughs> yeah. and blog owner if you just cheat on your uh-huh. tests. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I didn't, I still didn't get a very good score. <laughs> I got a very bad <laughs> score. In fact, for everything uh, and like biology, I just draw pictures and then they'd be like, Hey, look! Look at this picture Koichi drew, and the ch- teacher would show it off, and it would be, I'd have like twenty out of one hundred and fifty points or something. <laughs> but she'd be like, this is an amazing mitochondria picture, <laughs> you know, so wow. creative. So, so you American. draw mitochondria in? Yeah, I guess so. Class, I don't know. our leader, everyone. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, so I think my my theory for this podcast, more of a hypothesis, I guess, is that we we all have some shared experiences around learning Japanese in this formal setting. And uh, like we can, we can, I guess, bullet point through a bunch of different things, but I think maybe one of the biggest things that's probably a shared experience that we can all complain about and that you guys listening along can be like, oh, yeah, we have to do that too, is, uh, is how you learn kanji in, in a Japanese language class. And I think, and Kristen was saying she has a bunch of different ways, but I think mm-hmm. the most basic the way people learn and the, the way that I hear the most from other people and the way I experience too is that um, you you just hear the kanji for the week. Okay, now write it a bunch of times. And then now take the kanji quiz. And then next week happens after that. And it just kind of repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. And really what happens is that the kanji quiz is on Friday. About 10 minutes before that, everyone's just like cramming for the kanji, kanji quiz. And trying to remember just a couple, couple more kanji, and then they forget it immediately after they do the quiz. Or as, uh, or as, as my friend next to me in Japanese class did, he he put his answers inside his backpack and left his backpack open, and he'd be looking down <laughs> in his backpack and writing the answers. So, so yeah, there is someone worse than me. That's for sure. <laughs> oh jeez, uh, this is not a standard anyone should judge themselves uh, I by. Mean, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but like when, when you're talking about education, when you're talking about education that requires tests in order to, to move on and succeed, like you're going to, you're going to do whatever it takes to get the good score on the test. You're not going to do whatever it takes to learn the materials. Right. And so that's, I could go on forever about that and I won't, but please uh, don't. I don't know. That's the thing. It's a pretty good point. We should go on a little bit more. We could we yeah. could save that for for another time. Oh, man. Yeah, I just I don't I don't appreciate tests. Uh, or I I don't mind tests. I I really don't like quizzes though because they really really encourage short term memorization, not long term. It might have been just the way that you're, I don't know, the way that these tests and quizzes were presented, based on your classes that made you hate them so much. Oh, um, I didn't hate them. I was really good at 
getting the high scores on them. That makes you hate them now as a learning tool. Though I do think a lot of, especially quizzing, is just a teacher trying to prove that you didn't do it. Um, though it really does depend on the, the professor or the teacher. But can, can quizzes be kind of like the way, you know, SRS works where it's like, oh, we're popping it up when you forgot it and it kind of well, brings your, brings it, makes you pull it out of your memory? Kind of, like, after, like, if you take a test and you just, like, kind of bomb it, um, you'll notice that after the test, you actually can recall more and remember more than before you took the test because mm -hmm. you are being forced to recall the information. Uh, but people don't realize that they have to do that before the test in mm -hmm. order to actually know the information on it. And I, I guess I'm, I'm more talking about like standardized testing and, and, and things like that that are bad for Filling in bubbles learners. with number two pencils. Yeah, and it's not really about learning. It's about learning how to, learning how to work the system so that you can mm -hmm. move forward in the system and, and keep doing that over and over again. Mm -hmm. Well, here, here's a question. What, uh -huh. Do you remember what textbooks you used? When you were learning Japanese, I think we used we used Adventures and we used Genki and then we used like some weird business in Japanese book that I've never seen again. Yeah, we used we used Genki and then we used some kind of integrated intermediate stuff. And then when I got to yeah. three hundred level, everything was curated by the professor because mm -hmm. there were no at least at the time this was in like two thousand nine. There were no advanced textbooks um, that were any good. So she would literally find articles and um, use resources from other teachers. And then mm -hmm. 400, we had these prep books with like little red cards so that we could hide the answer with the plastic. Mm -hmm. um, but it's interesting that you had Genki and you still feel that way. I mean, you still have a test at the end. No, that's that's fair. I'm just talking about tests. Mm, no, yeah. Um and in general, and like statistically. So individuals are going to have different experiences. Yeah, some people just don't test well. Some people are, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll have the knowledge and they'll be able to reproduce it in a setting that is less stressful. Mm -hmm. But some people don't study well or they don't test well. And that's just unfortunate, especially when you're in a language course. And I've noticed that in language courses, it's like all about having like your attendance counts and your every quiz counts and every kanji quiz counts and every test counts and there's so much data because they have to make sure because it's cumulative that you're learning it because mm -hmm. they can't, they don't want to test use for something old. They want to keep moving on. So yeah, and language is a little bit different. Too. It's a much harder to test on, I think, because it's more malleable. It's more like putty and, uh, <laughs> pudding putty. More like pudding. Um, uh. and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so like testing on things like that is a little bit harder than than some other topics, I think. But maybe it's just because I'm not as knowledgeable about the other topics. It could be that as well. But like the way that most language classes go about it is very like kind of like black and white. Either it's right or it's wrong. And um, but language isn't really like that. Uh, but I guess some things are. Like for example, the kanji quiz, which we were talking about a moment before, where like there is it's all all it is is they they give you what to learn and they're like okay go go for it buddy and they they pat you on the back and they send you on your way and you come back and hopefully you can pass the the quiz or the test or whatnot well how would they how would they present that kanji to you would they just give you a list in your in your experience mm -hmm. they just gave you a list they didn't give you any context 
Yeah, it'd be like a list, uh, readings. So you'd have to learn multiple readings and then the meaning is the things you'd have to learn. And then you'd have to poop out that information on Friday. Hopefully not. <laughs> See, we, so depending on what level I was at, the kanji learning was completely different. Mm-hmm. So when I was my very first class, um, my professor would literally say, you need to memorize this. I'm not teaching it to you because I can't. There's no way to teach kanji. Just memorize it. Yeah. If you don't, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Right. So next, the next year comes around and I had a professor who would try to present the kanji to you in a way you could remember so she'd use radicals and she'd say this this is the house that's cool this is a woman in the house she's she's safe yeah it's it's great we, everything's nice and easy we got in a there. few of those like the ones that are silly and well, really obvious but not she like wouldn't look them up beforehand though so it was all her memory and some of them mm. you know the some pieces of kanji are not actually radicals right because only <laughs> the part that you use to put it in a dictionary is a radical so right. she would name parts different things and be like these are uh, arrows raining from the sky so (laughs) and so and different classes would get different explanations but at least we had some kind of mnemonic to remember it by that's and i just wanted to uh, point point out i told you so to everyone out there who's emailed us about wanikani radicals not being the actual radical names japanese people don't know them either and they, especially with teachers, they'll just kind of make, it's, it's whatever helps you remember it. That's all that matters. Yeah. And no one's going to come to you and be like, mm, this radical name in Japanese, like maybe you'll say like, oh, it's the top of. Yeah. And like, then you'll use it to look it up in a paper kanji dictionary. Yeah. And you don't need to know the name of it. You just need to know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Or if you know the word that it's in, you'd be like, oh, this one in this kanji. So like. Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever I have to remember these, I forget every word in the universe. Like the poop radical? Oh, no. Oh, wait, that's ours. So in 400, so mm-hmm. the JLPT prep class, all of a sudden we got an explanation of what onyomi and kunyomi were. Mm. I was never told what those were. Yeah, I was never given a good explanation on that four either. years of Japanese until 400 level. Nice. So all of a sudden I realized that there was, you could figure out what something would have the reading of based on if it was used in conjunction with another kanji. Like this is the Chinese reading. So it's going to be used with other kanji next to each other. And if there's stuff coming out of it, Okurigana, then it's going to use the Kunyomi reading. I did not know that for three and a half years. That's rough. That's really rough. Why didn't anyone teach me that? I don't know. I used Genki. Like my understanding of Japanese was what I thought was really good. And then you get to JLPT and they expect you to know the difference. My uh, my 400 level class, we, I think we, I think they did away with kanji quizzes and like we just had reading every day that we had to do, and it would have kanji in it and it would be new kanji sometimes and then everyone would have to like read it out loud by themselves, in front of everybody every day, and so if you didn't know it, you're just really embarrassed. We had something and that's, similar. To that's that. way worse than failing a kanji quiz. So we would have well, we would Shame. also have we would have homework that was very harshly graded Mm -hmm. and so you'd come into class and you would have to we would be reading line by line and she'd pick people at random so you wouldn't know to like look up really quick what the kanji were Mm -hmm. in them and if you had like a jukugo word that you didn't know you'd just be like and she'd be like what is this one 
what is the reading? Okay. Now mm. what's that other one? What does it mean? And she'd make sure that you actually knew what the kanji were, what the components were, what the different readings were. And it was mortifying if you didn't know, because it was a class of like seven of us. Yeah. And it was very embarrassing. Exactly. But it was really, really good for us. Same thing. It kind of reminds me of uh, in English class in Japan, they, they made people read things out loud. Did you have to do that? Yes, I remember that, yes. Right, and then if you couldn't say it, well, the Japanese English teacher probably couldn't say it either. But <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of true, though. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, like, carryover in all of this, I think, um, where, like, it was a lot about repetition for English vocabulary words in, in Japan for English class, I thought. Uh, um, like, right in same like vocabulary forever and yeah remember that or just like being quizzed thing. on words and mm-hmm. just like you just memorized it and it's like here's the word and you just like tried to memorize it as best you could mm-hmm. um, without really any explanation other than that but yeah and you you also had to learn obviously you had to learn kanji too like as a kid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or as an adult i don't know how uh, how slow you were <laughs> but <laughs> usually i think kanji uh it's just like uh paper on kanji at elementary school and that's mm-hmm. it yeah and how how did they teach you kanji in elementary school so we have this like kanji textbook uh mm-hmm. where you can write uh and practice kanji on it it's called uh kanji doriru yeah i know, <laughs> I know exactly what book you're talking about mm-hmm. my, my little so, baby like, house brother had that book yeah, like, so on the first grade, there is, like, a, um, you can actually write mm-hmm. the kanji on the kanji that is not completely black. It's, like, right, kind of like transparent. Gray. Yeah, yeah, gray. And so that way you can, like, kind of practice writing it. Mm-hmm. And then the next box, there is no, like, uh, the gray thing. Oh, it's like a dotted it. line. Dotted line. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So you can, like... You have to remember, like what it looks like, and then you write. Kind of next but yeah. Anyways, go ahead. But <laughs> but you can look at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then quizzes, I think. Yeah, and we we had the same, and then you wrote it a bunch of times afterwards, right? Yes. Without any of the. Mm-hmm. So there's kanji doriru and there's kanji note that oh, is man. like dots and like squares. Right. Right. And then you just have to like. Repeat, write in forever. Yeah, that's how they taught us in in Japanese class in America. So, so I'm gonna complain some more. There's more. There's problems with that. Where, so first of all, if you're if you're just like writing over a gray kanji, you're not actually learning anything because you're not forcing yourself to recall anything. You're just tracing the lines, and your brain can go to sleep. And then same with the dotted line. That's dotted line is not any different than a gray line, (laughs) like at all, except for it looks a little bit different. And then, and then once you get past that and you're, you know, you're writing it on your own, just about one, one centimeter to the left, there's, there's the kanji that you're writing. You just look at that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then after writing it two or three times, your brain is going to go to autopilot. And then it, it doesn't actually learn anymore after that. And by learn anymore, I mean it, it never really learned that much in the first place. And so like the, the real learning comes from having to write it without looking. And so... Like we had the same thing where we just write it over and over again. And that was how we learned it. And you, you do learn it a little bit, but like just in terms of efficiency, like it, it, it's very, very 
poorly constructed in terms of uh, actually learning it. And uh, it's, it's very it's very Japanese in that way, I guess. It's all about perseverance and mm-hmm. and and gaman and all those things. Yeah, and true. it's not it's not about like getting home at five o'clock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me play devil's advocate really quick. All right. So I think part of the reason Al that you Pacino. want <laughs> that you want repetition, and that especially with the boxes, mm-hmm. is because you're teaching more stroke order and you're teaching more of handwriting in that right. way. It's not really meant to be. Well, it's not supposed to be used as a way of memorization when you do repetition. However, in America, when they're teaching kanji they tend to kind of lump that all into one thing Mm -hmm. and make you do repetition as a way of memorizing as well as a way to practice your stroke order and handwriting whereas it should just be this is how you get better at writing and then have the memorization be i don't know flashcards or something that's that that makes sense usage at least four times of writing it and then after that it's going to be depreciating in value so like if they had something you shouldn't be you should only be doing it like i learned this now I have the stroke order memorized. Hopefully in class you're using it from that day on so that you're just getting, okay, this is how I write it. I know how to write it now. Move on. You're using it every day. And so you shouldn't be, you shouldn't go home every night and be doing like, okay, doing all of my, my repetition. That's, that's like, way too much. That's like what they did though. They, it would be like, you write it 20 times. My little host brother, he'd like this kanji he's learning. He'd write it like <laughs> 20 much. times in a row. Yeah, like what they should do. And I, I understand what you're saying about handwriting. If they wanted to do that, they should really mix it up. Like maybe this is a, a kanji you learned, so you write it three times. And then here's a kanji next after three times that you learned on the previous page. So write that one. And then you're practicing the handwriting for that one. And then it goes to another kanji and it kind of has a sort of a space repetition. Not really, but like because it's not dynamic, but uh, something that shows you know different kanji so you're not writing the same thing more than two or three times so that you don't hit that autopilot where you stop actually practicing to get better yeah and so you're just writing it 20 times because you're japanese um yeah Yeah, that's the biggest problem with repetition is that mm -hmm. it's very easy to stop being active in it diminishing returns Yeah. yeah so you're saying you could like if you wanted to practice your japanese handwriting sure your advice would be to like write it in a way that you can't see it and then copy from it like yeah well i mean if you're practicing handwriting and only handwriting and you don't care about anything else like if you know how to write it mm-hmm. without having to look it up then you can look at something to to try and copy it and try to look good um but you shouldn't write it a bunch of times over and over again you should you should have like 10 different kanji you're practicing hmm. your handwriting for and then mix it up and like come back to mm-hmm. different kanji could you write it Maybe not twenty times, but ten times on different three at the most. paper. Well, like you turn the page <laughs> and then do the kanji and then turn the page. So you're never looking at it. Does well, that help to have or does time it? Time in between it, otherwise. Yeah, so like three times, like you said. Recalling. I'd say three at the most. Okay, then, but then tomorrow three times again. No, no, I'm saying you could write it three times. And then you write another kanji two times, and then you write another kanji one time. You know, write another kanji three times, and then you go back to the original kanji we we're talking about and write that one two times. It's just more about breaking it up. It's, uh, God, I forgot the word for it. But, um, is it interleaving? Interleaving, yeah. So interleaving different kanji with each other. Um, but for, the, for Americans, most, usually you're still learning how to write it at all. Like you can't mm-hmm. remember how to write it. So in that case, you'd want to have, uh, like maybe you'd have cards that would have the English meaning on it. 
so not the kanji. And then when that card would come up, then you'd write that one a couple of times, but you can't see what the kanji looks like. You just see the English meaning. You write that, you can check it, and then you go to the next card and you have some sort of like, I don't know, you'd have to set up some, your own system where certain things come up more, certain things come up less. So maybe things you don't know as well, you have more than one card for, or um, I don't know, you'd have to come up with some sort of system. But basically just don't write the same thing over and over and over and over again because you, you stop getting better after like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I have done that in the Japanese oh, uh, Thank you, Kai, because he's a Japanese teacher. <laughs> yeah, and she's and, like, and oh yeah, write it 20 times. And after like... 20 times I feel really good and I'm like cool mm-hmm. I, I learned <laughs> yeah, this exactly that's the other but thing you the always time. feel really good after yeah. you do it like you feel like you've learned something but then and the next class yeah you don't remember it's basically how like if you've ever taken a calligraphy class mm-hmm. when you're doing a calligraphy class usually you write the same character one character over and over and over until you mm-hmm. get like the approval mm-hmm. of your teacher oh. otherwise um, they just keep like they Every time you finish one, they come over. Well, usually you do a stack. They come over and they'll be, draw big old X's on them or they'll do a big moderate circle or sometimes they'll draw like a flower on them if they're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. one of those teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you were saying. Yeah, and if you once your percentage is better, they'll let you move on. But you literally cannot move on until you get like enough approved where they believe that you can do that character but you're not learning that character at all. It's literally just the art style version right. of it. And if that's what people do to like relax and like have it be this important art, then you know that you shouldn't be using that to teach or to learn it. Oh, absolutely. It's all about zoning out and like focusing on the strokes. So, yeah. and even with that, I, I also took it, I took a Japanese calligraphy class in high school and like even that you'd write it maybe two or three times before the teacher would come look. And so you get that break in between and they'd critique it and mm-hmm. then you'd have something specific to work on. If you're writing it 20 times, you don't have any, any feedback going on. You don't have that feedback loop. Right. So you're just, okay, whatever I think is good enough or I'm just trying to fill in all the boxes, which is most people, I think, so that they can get their, their 100 points or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so that's like, you know, that's, that's carryover from uh, Japan, I think. Because uh, I don't remember having to write English words over and over again. Right? I do. Did you? When I got in trouble, I had to write sentences over and over. Did you really? Are you Bart Simpson? (laughs) No. explains so much. This is why you love The Simpsons so much. Yeah. Not on a chalk... Well, one time on a chalkboard. (laughs) I want to, like, say a a Simpsons catchphrase. I don't know any of them. I'm Bart. Like, Bo. I was going to say... Like Homer says. Stinker. (laughs) Stinker? (laughs) Is that a thing? I've watched maybe you you made me watch two I'm episodes slap of your that butt show. with a skateboard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but my butt's out. What? <laughs> on a skateboard. <laughs> I'm going to write all these down. <laughs> my butt's out. Send them to Matt Groening. I got yeah. Yellow skin and spike hair. Yeah. Anyway, so we can like we can see where a lot of that comes over from Japan and it, it does affect the Japanese language classes. And I'm not trying to like get down on No, that's weird. <laughs> I'm not trying to. He blew himself. To, to be down, to yeah. you're not trying to belittle the belittle teaching, teaching styles, yeah. and you know it's nothing. It's we just have to use the word down, though, right? A little down. A little down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Japanese teaching styles or any teaching styles. I'm just, I'm just saying that it's wrong. Um, <laughs> Heard it and, here, you folks. Know, and like you know, then that's that's a lot of the reason why we made Wani Kani originally is because we we had these experiences and we just thought like, oh my gosh, it's, 
it's it, it was really really mind numbing and really painful and like there's got to be a better way and we you know we spent some time learning about how people learn and we applied it to kanji and and we we came up with this way and i'm sure there's even a better way that nobody's thought of that hopefully someone will think of and, and put us out of business and it'll get even even better better yeah pitch it to us yeah and 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 then don't hel- make us sign an NDA. And Hello at tofugu.com. Yeah. Address to Koichi. Please send them all to his inbox and not mine. No. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you have a good idea, I'll, I'll, I'm interested. Um, <laughs> most of the ideas we get are pretty bad. Um, Be nice. But some of them are very good, and that's definitely your idea that you sent in. Yes. Listener. <laughs> if you sent us an email, we loved it so much. I loved it so much. We loved it. It's on um, the fridge. <laughs> Gold star. It might be. Actually, yeah, there's it might a lot be. on the fridge. Um, yeah, and so like kanji learning style, I think that's the biggest like Japanese education style that's come over to America. That's come over to Japanese language classes. Um, another one that I've noticed that Kristen hasn't had experience with, so maybe it's just me, is proverbs. Like Japanese teachers just like king love proverbs i have never had that so <sighs> guys this is his experience if you didn't have a professor that taught proverbs all day you're totally normal we had to learn, this is him we had to learn proverbs and then and then in english class in japan we also had to learn proverbs and it was just always like koichi how do you use this proverb and i'm like well i you know i don't really eat an apple a day or or have two hands in the bird bush or whatever <laughs> and uh <laughs> like you know, it was just a, it was just a lot. Maybe it was just because I was like feeling exasperated about how often they asked how often I use these proverbs. But like then I noticed that oh okay now we're learning Japanese proverbs and like there's I guess there's nothing wrong with that. You're still learning grammar. You're still and learning vocabulary wisdom. words. <laughs> and, and wisdom. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. But like I don't know. It just proverbs are 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 a soft. Did you learn what do they call yojijuku? Yojijuku? Uh, no. <laughs> Not really? I would have thought that like <laughs> that'd be a great way to teach. Well, not to teach, but to reinforce kanji. Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, you learned 10 kanji. Look at these yeah. cool phrases that mean multiple things. That's true. And they're cool, too. They are cool. Like shimensoka. Enemies on all sides. Just like right now. <laughs> well, there's no one to your left. I, I wish you guys oh, could see. We need like a, a little icon that right. pops up that we're glaring at him right now. Yeah. that's It'll just be on all the time. Yep. But don't they say enemies make the best friends? That's a proverb. Is it? No. <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> if only there was keep, a real one. It's insert keep real proverb here. your friends close and your enemies in your closet. Is that? Yeah. That one? <laughs> close it. Sorry. I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> I did want to speak to the kanji learning real Uh quick because I didn't learn kanji when I was studying Japanese initially because um, I was talking to so many people who took Japanese class and they were, you know, my Japanese speaking senpai and they were teaching me about the Japanese they learned in college and I was just like kind of trying to figure it out. And all of them went on and on about how hard kanji was and how much they had to repeat them and put them down in their kanji notebooks. So to me, I was like, oh, well, that sounds great. I'll do that later. And I didn't do it for a long, long time (laughs) Mm -hmm. until I started working here. And 
started using Wanikani. So I, I didn't have the experience of learning kanji another way, except through Wanikani. And I'm not trying to you know, plug Wanikani or anything, but it really worked for me, like Hooked on Phonics. <laughs> <laughs> How long did or you movie. use Hooked on Phonics, Michael? Uh, How many nine years? years. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and now I can and torque that was, really wall. That was <laughs> nine years ago you began. Yeah. And now you can read good. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I also wanted, to, wanted you to speak on how you feel about handwriting, uh, like writing <laughs> kanji, because yeah. I've read some things you've written about. Yeah. If you should learn to write Japanese. And like in Japanese classrooms, there's a lot of focus on handwriting and a lot of time spent on handwriting. And I, I should preface this by saying handwriting is important and being able to write by hand is important. Um, but I think it's more important to learn how to read. And so if you have a finite amount of time and if handwriting would take up like 20, 30 percent of that time, as it seems to do for a lot of people, um, there are better ways to learn handwriting. I should throw out there that will make it take less time. But most Japanese classrooms, it's, it's a big portion of your time is handwriting. Um, then why not learn, you know, 30, learn how to read 30% more kanji or learn 30% more vocabulary words in, instead of spending that time learning how to handwrite, which you aren't going to use that often. Um, well, I think it depends on your situation too. If you're a self, if you're at home and you're teaching yourself using online textbooks, you're going to be typing most of the time. If mm -hmm. you're in a classroom, I think the emphasis emphasis on handwriting is both the Japanese style of teaching and your poor professor has to read what you're writing, so they want you to be able to write legibly. Yeah. But if you're not in a classroom setting, it's totally fine to kind of put off handwriting. Yeah, I think until you're you're you feel more comfortable with the language so that you actually have something to write. Exactly. I, I think people should come back to handwriting. I just think people should just forget it in the beginning and just learn how to read mm -hmm. as and quickly as possible and learn how to type. Yeah, yeah. You, you learn how to type. That's, that's important. Mm -hmm. you, you can be like Phil of the future where mm -hmm. he, does, he comes <laughs> back in time and he's never typed or he's only typed. He doesn't know how to write by hand yeah. because in the future they don't. Well, that's kind of how it is. Does anyone else watch that? That's the, <laughs> that, I'll check that off of our, our first Channel of show. Disney Channel references. We still need to get through that So Raven in this episode. And <laughs> even Stevens, if uh, Kanai, you could jump on it's that great one. great shows. I approve of them um, all. Yeah. I mean, and thinking about like the times where you use handwriting in real life, even if you live in Japan, it's like when you're filling out forms, handwriting is very important. Um, and what else, Kanai? Because that's all I can think of. Yeah, you have to remember when writing your your Nengajo. Yeah, maybe <laughs> your, your handwriting hand one. Mm -hmm. That'd be nice. So I think like uh, foreigners in Japan, uh, they have to they kind of have to remember their what their address looks like in kanji. Okay. Yeah, you have to right? learn how to write your address. Mm hmm And I don't know. I don't think they need to like come up with any like kanji name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, like readings. Well, uh, when when do you like for you? When do you handwrite things in Japan? Like writing memos and stuff. Okay, so like writing notes. Writing notes. So, so like someone could write that in English if they wanted. E Probably for if it's for themselves. Yeah, it's yeah. if if it's for themselves, they can mm -hmm. do that. But if you wanna write notes for like some I don't know Japanese speakers mm -hmm. maybe you have to write it 
So if you have roommates or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm going out, or there's a dead bird in the fridge, please don't eat it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah, like I used to live with a French guy, and he used to write it. Did you just watch Arrested (laughs) Development (laughs) season four? (laughs) Anyways, I watched all of it recently. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell. Sorry, everyone. It wasn't a Disney Channel show. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're really getting off track. I couldn't think of any fridges <laughs> that had. I mean, what if it was a raven in there? <laughs> it was a dead. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Your dead Man, sister raven. That is such a raven in there. Someone would Did say. Did you know that it's Simonier and not Simone? It's Raven Simonier. I don't even know what these things oh, are. Oh come on. <laughs> anyway, sorry, can I? Please tell me more more reasons. It's good to learn how to handwrite things. Yeah, you can like write a note to your roommate or. <laughs> Are there Put any times the like bridge. in a job where your boss is going to be like, write me a post-it mm. about Spider-Man? Be typed all the time. <laughs> yeah, but like uh, in office situation, you still have like, I don't know, <laughs> you still have to sometimes, you know, write up like, write something in Japanese on like, uh, what is that? Sticky notes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Your tax forms have to be filled out by hand, don't they? Well, I don't know if you'd know this, but when you're a foreigner, your tax forms are really complicated. And mm. I think you have to fill them out by hand. In Japanese? Some of the people I talk to, mm-hmm. your company just takes care of your taxes for you. Oh, my you friends are not that lucky. No? Mm. No. They work at their black kigyos. <laughs> um, you might want to explain that a little bit. Just terrible companies, yeah. basically. It just means bad company. Yeah. Um, overworks you yeah, yeah. So applications I, so there, there's definitely some reasons why you need to learn handwriting yeah um and i came up with this uh so your resume it's kind of silly in japan but we kind of have to write resume like handwriting really yeah oh, and you can't type if, a resume mm-hmm, and you cannot uh use the what was that what whitewash Oh, whiteout. Uh, whiteout. Whiteout. Yeah. You cannot use that. So you Does are not to allowed to pen? make mistake, any mistake. Mm. So if you have some, like, you know, mistakes writing something, you have to uh, rewrite it. I didn't know it was still the there. same. I had a class on that. <laughs> and they gave us, you know, mm-hmm. the thing you're Man. supposed to write it in. Yeah, and it template. Was bo- yeah, the boxes. Mm-hmm. And we would write them out. And our professor was very strict about it. And I was like... No one's going to know, but I didn't know it was still like that. I thought it would come to the days where you could type your resume. Yeah, like as as I used to, like, you know, apply for jobs and stuff, I had to do that. So it's kind of stupid. Now that I think about it, it's bullshit. Just scratch it out and just write. No, you can't. You (laughs) you have to, like, start over. Can you, like, turn it into, like, a a big face? My study were like that. Like, make it into a picture. Like a a wiener dog. Just, like, fill it in and make a big oval and then draw a wiener dog. Yeah. But yeah, when I my when I studied abroad in Man. in college, I remember having to fill out all of my forms. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I applied for Waseda, I had to do that too. Poof. So yeah, if you apply for even a combini, you have to mm. have a resume, right? I can't believe it's still like that. Not. I'm not sure actually, because uh, it well, was maybe like some places are different. It was in 2000, but 2015, it was still like that. Can you record wow. an audio resume? And just speak your resume into an oh audio no. file. And That'd be cool. There's, there's, there's a lot of judgment around handwriting in Japan, it seems well, like. Right? Like, people like look at your handwriting and mm-hmm. they kind of judge you. I, I do yeah. that in, in, 
Oh, you must think very lowly of me. <laughs> Look at my well, handwriting. Well, you can usually tell like <laughs> some things about the person. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It shows like personality. Yeah. Does it though? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Yeah. I think it does. Perhaps. You're handwriting. Mm. Right. <laughs> See. Mm. It shows let's, you. Let's read what what's it shows that, your What's that third word down? You wrote yokai dick pics on your paper. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. And there's a little ghost. <laughs> there's a little ghost, but just a ghost and nothing yeah. else. No, no, no dick. Oh, there's a great picture of Bart Simpson on that paper. <laughs> it's like it's, it looks like not Bart. Yeah. It looks like Bart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it actually looks like a spark. Oh, no, it does. If you want to go yeah. back to a previous podcast where we talk about sporks. Oh, a spork looks yeah. like it? Yeah, a little bit. Or maybe yeah, they like designed Bart Simpson also after Also kind of looks like that, too. Yeah. Oh, God. Upside down. If anyone, uh, you know, please send us pictures of Bart Simpson as a spork. Uh, if one of Bart you physically sends us a spork, oh, with it, please send physically send us we a spork. We will give you. We'll give it to Kanai. So she yeah. can shout out experience the spork without having yeah. to go to Taco Bell. Um yeah, so anyways, so there are some reasons to write by hand, and I get that, and people really get on me for, like, those things, and I know that, and I keep prefacing that, but I'm just saying, like, say you have one year where you want to learn, you know, 2,000 kanji, like, you can learn 2,000 kanji instead of learning, you know, 1,200 kanji and learning how to write those 1,200 kanji as well. Like, you can learn how to read everything, and then you just learn, there's, like, eight rules for... Dating writing kanji teenage daughter. for stroke order yeah it's stroke very order. simple it's once very you simple learn it. and people for some reason japanese classes normal japanese classes is important too like a lot of times they'll teach individual stroke order like they don't tell you the patterns they're just like okay here's one two three four five six seven eight three you know and you just keep on going <laughs> people keep glaring at me what? Um, and then three. <laughs> and then uh and then uh like, that's how they learn. They don't learn that there's, like, there are patterns that you can learn, and they're very simple patterns that will allow you to write in the correct stroke order for all these kanji. Again, you can go years learning that way of just, like, here's the stroke order for every mm-hmm. single kanji, and then you get to four-hundred level, and your professor's like, oh, by the way, there's a pattern. And you go, oh, yeah. there is a pattern. It, it's really when you get to those upper levels that the professors generally have to be more experienced right. and have, have to be more conscious of this stuff. Right. And then they make all these connections that they either didn't think you were ready for or, mm-hmm. you know, that they they don't want you to be able to cut corners. They want you to prove that you yeah. really want to learn Japanese you got and you don't have nice. to wait to learn this stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, giving some people giving them the, the benefit of the doubt. I think a lot of it is also the curse of knowledge. Or it's a lot of things that are just like very ingrained in their life. Like it's things that they just kind of learned as children without even realizing it. Like that there are patterns to stroke orders and they just naturally do it. But they think that it's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, three thing. And uh, like, you know, they just don't know. And it's not their fault. It's just that they haven't had any like formal, formal like Japanese linguistics teaching training. That's something else, too. Um, All of my professors up until 400 level were just women who had been born in Japan, who had Mm -hmm. been educated in Japan, got married, moved to the U.S., and then became professors because it was a job available to them. None of them had training in linguistics. None of them had been trained to teach. Maybe they had a couple courses saying, like, this is how you teach. This is how you build a, you know, a a schedule and a a plan. That's how you make a lesson plan. Exactly. But... 
but it's actually it's something it's a movement in the linguistic department kind of community that more language professors are required to have degrees in linguistics so that you can understand things like syntax and understand what the actual differences between languages are. So instead of saying, oh, just memorize it, you actually have knowledge of, well, this is why it's this way. Here's the easy way to learn it. Now you have the tools to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's nothing against those teachers. Thank you no. so much for teaching. Yeah, they can still be fantastic teachers, yeah. but when you do get to the higher levels, more connections will be made by the professors that have either been doing it longer or have the training. So Luckily, find your department heads and latch yeah. on to them. <laughs> Luckily, the internet can explain a lot of this now. Like a lot of this information is out there. Whereas when we were little kitties, we just, you know, didn't have much internet compared to now. <laughs> You know, you we had, had our Super AOL. Mario 64, like, guide for him, but uh, that's that's about it. Um, yeah, and, and you know, it's it's also the same thing. Like, it's, it's just like if I were to try to teach English, I know how to speak English good. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, I can't explain it. I have no idea why things work the way they do because I've never, like, sat down and studied it. I don't understand why sentences come out of my mouth and why they make sense or why they don't make sense. But, like, you know, it's the same thing for, for Japanese teachers who are from Japan who have just, you know, spoken Japanese their whole life. And it's not their fault. It's just the curse of knowledge. It's so ingrained that they can't explain it or they think that very complicated things are just very simple and easy for everybody. I actually had a situation in 200-level Japanese where there were her understanding of English was definitely passable like she lived in the U.S. she had kids that spoke English but mm -hmm. there would be situations on quizzes where a synonym would be used and she would say it was wrong and we'd explain no no this is a synonym it means the same thing she'd be like well I don't know it so it's wrong and that would drive <laughs> us a bonkers yeah so that's also another problem, which is why it's great if you have someone who's trained in English and, and mm -hmm. whatever target language, especially Japanese, that you're learning, they should be trained in both languages. And a lot of the time when you get a Japanese teacher, they only know their own language. They were taught it in school. They don't have formal training in how to teach it or formal training in English usually. So you get stuck with um, a lot of gaps in knowledge, which is why it's important if if you struggle to try to find online resources to explain things, try to find natives to talk to, even and if you're in a university and you're having trouble, look for other professors, especially department heads, especially people who maybe just advisors for the department, and they can probably help you. Or, or even people learning Japanese who are a level ahead of you or right. two levels ahead of you, because they they're going to run into all the same things, and hopefully some of them will figure it out. And they'll be nice enough to uh, maybe to tell you, or yeah. they'll just be like, "No, you have to struggle Between like me." Between all the noogies and swirlies, swirlies, toilet and purple nurples, and the purple nurples. Oh no, that's too intimate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not um, a, yeah, and so like yeah, there's all that, and like then just in terms of like classes in general, just like if you're learning with a group, it's you know there's positives, there's great things about learning with a group that uh, that are definitely going to help you out more than uh, when you're learning by yourself. But there's also negatives too. Like, you know, classrooms, they tend to go at the speed of like the slowest 20%, right? So if you have a bunch of really, really slow people, or not even that many, like a handful of really, really slow people, your class is going to move at that speed. Uh, whereas if you're learning on your own, you can go at whatever speed you want. Um, so like, 
people feel like they have to go at that speed with the class and you you know you kind of do because you're in the class and you paid for it or whatever or your your parents' tax paid for it um and usually yeah usually most classes have slow people unfortunately and if you are the slow person sometimes no matter what you do oh, your yeah. teacher cannot teach you this thing you like might if they be the slow person well that's not necessarily a bad you're thing you're definitely the fast person Shh. If you feel like your teacher's moving on without you, that's another situation where you should be talking to people a grade mm-hmm. or a, a step above you, yep. looking things up online. Use things like High Native. Ask a native to explain totally. it to you. High Native's awesome. Yeah. Um, find find those apps. So don't feel bad if you're the slow person. It just means that you need to do a little bit of extra work if your professor isn't going to help you. But don't feel bad. <laughs> like don't let that don't let that like kick you out of class. Um, sometimes. Parts of language just don't make sense in your brain. Yeah. And I mean, it'll happen eventually to everybody where there's just one piece of grammar or one word and you just can't remember it. Or it might also be that your teacher is piling on something that's not plus one above your ability level. That's so true. you're going slow, but really it's, you know, not structured in a way so you can go fast. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, plus one above your ability level, that's a, uh, something that Koichi wrote about in an article. But that someone else came up with, I should yes. point out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you wrote a it's, good It's article just the idea it. is that you, you, you should learn just like a little bit above your ability level over and over and over again. And when you're in a class, there's no way to do that. Like your teacher can't just plus one everyone because everyone's at a different level. Even if you're taking the same class, you're all at a different level. Um, and so you, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, it's just they, they can't cater to everybody. And so you have to put in the extra work on your own so that you can get even with Steven, right? And, uh, like... Check. <laughs> <laughs> Check, please. You, yeah, you just... Sometimes you just have to work harder, is what I'm saying, because mm-hmm. you're in a class and there's downfalls of classes, but you also get things like conversation practice and things like that that you can't get as easily by studying on your own. So there's good things, too. I mean, sometimes it will be perfect for you. Like when I was in when I was in class, it was just like, yeah, this all makes sense. It was all plus one, plus one, plus one. Then 300 level hit. And I had done 300 level in Japan, came back and it was just like complete flood of stuff I didn't know, because for some reason at that level, they were like, you should be learning everything on your own. And if you don't know when you come in, that's tough. And I was like, but you didn't tell you didn't tell us what to learn. And that felt pretty impossible. Yeah. yeah. I mean, either either you, you just like figure it out or you just go in some kind of tailspin. <laughs> I'm going home. Trun, 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 tailspin. Ugh. Is that a Disney show? Yeah. Okay, good. Was it? I, think, I don't know if it was on the Disney channel. I but certainly do not know what that is. It was on the Disney is. afternoon. It's it's that it's that bear that flies the airplane. Yeah, Galoob. <laughs> or <laughs> okay, there's too many jokes in here, and I can't decipher what we're or talking about. It could be a man in a bear costume. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, internet. <laughs> it could be like a furry thing. Tell me what this is. Look at tailspin. Uh, I believe it's spelled. Is it T A I L or T A L E? T A T. Is it? It is okay. Okay. Like Ducktales. Mm. Why were there two shows with tail <laughs> in the name? What is this? It looks terrible. You don't know Tailspin? What? No, no Tailspin well, is I not terrible. I didn't have Disney Channel until well, now. This is all just like okay. We have okay. to end this now. We really got it's off over. These don't look like bears. Yeah. Oh no, they do look like bears. Uh, 
They looks, are bears. Looks like crap. It's the bear from the Jungle Come Book. Come at me, right? Tailspin yeah. fans. It's all the it's the Jungle Book bear. It's all the Jungle Book characters wearing suits and flying planes it's, it's for some reason. It's basically Parco Rosso, Disney. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one Porco came Rosso first. Parco Rosso is Disney now because their English yeah, stuff is Disney. That's true. Branded. Uh, Actually, I don't know if Porco Rosso is so included yeah. in it. So those are our uh, so those are our shared experiences learning Japanese in a classroom. I guess. I yeah. loved learning Japanese in a classroom. Can I yeah. just say, I loved I, how structured it was. I loved feeling smarter than other people because <laughs> mm. I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I love cheating on my tests. I, I loved, I love making videos for final projects. That was fun. Which you can <sighs> see if you email us, we'll send you a VHS copy. Uh-uh. We have <laughs> as soon as we get a VCR in the yeah. office. If, if you don't get to do that, if you have to do speeches in Sakabun every week, like I had to, I feel your pain. Or every day, like it gets in the upper level. We had to do stuff like that too, but we I also got to make videos. Your classes sound like a breeze. The Kago class was hard. We just learned Kago as a part of 200 level. We spent so. one year learning Kago. Are you serious? Uh-huh. Well, you were in Japan, though. No, not, not for that time. part. No? No, that was uh, 400 level Japanese. I learned it in the second half of 200 level. It was level. very thorough. Because 100 and 200 and 300 were all two classes each. And then 400 was one. It was very thorough. It wasn't. It was like Son Kago and... The other ones. <laughs> what did you learn then? Oh, so many things. So many like shitty new words for everything. Yeah. And lots of talking and pretending like we're groveling to, to yeah, customers. That, was, and that was our part where we, we learned Kago and we learned how to do resumes and we learned how to interview, which was basically mm. interviewing was all, I'm terrible. <laughs> no, I'm really not very good. My Japanese isn't very good. It's telling. Yeah. Anyway, mm. That's a story for another There's time. There's no way I'd have a job in Japan. No one would hire me. I would hire you. Thank you so much, Connor. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I, would hire, I would hire you too. <laughs> what? He would hire her? <laughs> that explains how you got here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's through being hired. <laughs> yeah. uh, I hope you would hire all of us, considering you did. <laughs> considering you did. I guess so. In conclusion. In conclusion, I we're all Hannah fired. <laughs> And go enjoy your Japanese class. Uh, keep those caveats. Caveats? Caveats. 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 Keep them in mind. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you got you to gotta just, you know, there, there's some weaknesses of Japanese classrooms that we've all experienced. And we fixed some of those. Um, but there's other problems that we haven't fixed and maybe never will. But, um, you know, if you know what they are, then you can, you can fix them to yourselves. And mm-hmm. you can go find better ways to do things and then just take the best parts of the Japanese class and enjoy those. Yeah. Be proactive and find what works best for you, but don't give up on your professor because structured learning still helps even if you need some extra stuff too. Mm-hmm. All right. Hug that professor. Give or your maybe professor a hug. That might be. Because Japanese maybe, maybe people don't, don't feel uncomfortable about hugs at all, right? Don't touch. No touching. <laughs> hug with your eyes. Just give it. No, give wait. It, give it. Nothing <laughs> I'm saying is working. <laughs> Yeah, give him a give There's him a, gotta be a, a Disney deep, Channel respectful show that has to do or with something. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> give, give him a, a nice nod, a little high, like a bow and a high five at the same time. Give them a Sabrina's <laughs> teenage hug. That was the worst thing I've ever said so in my bad. life. Please take that out. Don't have oh, that. We're gonna end right here. End.